Hello, welcome to From the Rookery End. Um, my name is John. Uh, with me this evening is uh, Geordie. Hello. Uh, and Mike. We're on the March of Walter's Army. <laughs> we're all going to Wembley, right? I'm all right. Uh, again, we're going to Wembley. Again. Um, five games, no, four games to Wembley, five games to win the thing. That's what it's got to be, isn't it? Um, it was on uh, the Hornet Heaven uh, piece post-match, a uh, little bit on uh, Twitter, and uh, it was the most important six games that we needed to win, but of course... Oh, you can read it anyway on, at, at, on, at Hornet underscore Heaven. Um, it is the day after Watford's FA Cup third round win against Burton. And we are going to talk about the game. Mike, uh, we, we needed a win. We needed a, a, a win after what's been going on. Um, was it a good win? Uh, yeah, we did what we needed to do. I think I uh, called it routine. That's what I have been describing it to people who have asked me about it. I think... Probably looking back on it, Burton will be disappointed they didn't ask more questions of Watford. I think a championship side having a bit of a free hit at a, a Premier League side who's struggling with injury and confidence. So I think they'll be a bit frustrated they didn't ask more questions. But Watford did exactly what they had to do. We were never in any danger whatsoever. It was a very, very comfortable afternoon for Watford. And quite frankly, it was just it was really, really nice just to get back to, to winning ways, to generate a few chances, see the opposition goalkeeper having to make a few saves and, of course, see, see two goals go in. So... All credit to Watford. That could have been a, a tricky afternoon, and they and they dealt with it uh, very professionally indeed. Because it was the it was the mentality going into that game, Geordie. I suppose I've been worried about after the way that we reacted. Let's say to the the Spurs game. That wasn't because we lost again. If you listened to last week's podcast, it wasn't because we lost the Spurs. It's how we lost the Spurs and how we'd been performing recently. Yes, we weren't going to get an amazing result because it's the Championship side, and also it is uh, a changed squad. But it's what we needed recently, isn't it? It is. Uh, it's a win, which is um, a, a new thing for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, quite, 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 quite enjoyed it. The cup match at home when you're in that kind of run against the team, from not not really lower league, but Burton sounds like it's still a non-league team, even though they're not. Well, it's the first time we've ever played them in a competitive game. Yeah, what's the Richard Jobson Vars, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but um, but it was almost only only thing you could do was lose. You know, if you drew, if you didn't put in a performance, if you let a silly goal in. And we can complain all we want about what's happened lately on the pitch. And I think we've got plenty of right to. But credit where it's due. The players that went out there did a job. We've got a 2-0 win. We're through to the next round. Minimum of fuss. We've seen the likes of Bournemouth go out. Uh, you know, Liverpool drawing with Plymouth. So let's not let's not take it for granted. If we'd lost it, we'd have been up in arms. And we'd have been really moaning. So credit where it's due. Yeah, because you know, Bournemouth definitely didn't take it seriously with 11 changes. I think Liverpool's average age was 21, day, 21 oh. years old. I don't think we could have 11 changes, John. There'd only be about seven people on the pitch. So, so I think hands forced slightly. Uh, and to an extent, often a crisis or having no choice forces you into a, finding a solution for something that actually turns out to be something you wouldn't have done had everything been rosy. And you know, you know, younger players given a chance, certain players coming into the team who hadn't been on the list initially. It'd be interesting to see whether that has changed anything. Uh, I remember someone telling me that Bellerin... Uh, Arsenal really got his chance because uh, Debussy wasn't doing the job or was injured or something and he took it and now he's established and Debussy's kind of not even remembered by half the Arsenal Arsenal fans is there a chance for a Watford youngster all these ones that we're seeing to get a chance who knows yeah because Liverpool got that really young side I noticed Spurs today and it sort of was interesting watching the Spurs game their first half they just weren't the Spurs you wanted why two players missing you know, it took till Deli Ali came on the second half. Kane wasn't in the, even in the squad. It almost shows that 
other teams have their limitations or uh, yeah, are fragile almost because if they don't have the right sort of players, they're not the side that you expect them to be. Um, I think the good thing about yesterday was the fact that we got some new players on the pitch playing some more games, um, one being Brandon Mason. Brandon Mason, indeed, yeah, came in at left back. I think there's... Uh... I think Holabas was supposed to be ill. Apparently, I don't don't know how true that is. But either way, Mason came in. He he obviously made his debut against Tottenham and didn't look necessarily out of place there. So I wasn't worried. I was quite excited um, when I, when I saw him on the on the team sheet, and he was fabulous. He absolutely. Um, and you've got to preface this by saying Burton were a team that weren't. They made changes themselves, which of course they're entitled to do. So this was very much a championship side this was a a side a long way away from what we've been facing and a long way from what we will be facing even in Middlesbrough next week and and so on and so forth so important to say that but he looked great he he got forward um, he got the assist um, which was absolutely fantastic really really good ball in Uh, I think Igalo missed it completely and uh, allowed Christian Cabasele to uh, to score and so yeah it's just I think that summed really summed up um, his performance. He was he did exactly what he had to do defensively, but yeah, he was he was giving him a headache all afternoon down that down the left flank. If and if he were to start against Middlesbrough, I don't think there'd be many people who'd be who'd be worried or concerned. He just looked like he looked the part. And I think it's important to say about the FA Cup. We we're talking about chain sides. Clubs do what they have to do for a range of reasons. It's either to protect their league position, um, to protect certain players for other 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 competitions, and. People talk about weakened side. There's no such thing. It's a different side. But this is still a squad. This is still a professional footballer who's paid a lot of money by the by the club. It's not like you're you're getting the postman in or something, which is what my girlfriend does when I'm away. <laughs> um, but um, you know, they, these are these aren't weakened sides. They're different sides, and it does frustrate me. You know, I heard on people talking about Plymouth Liverpool or asking Plymouth fans, Are "You worried that it, the Liverpool team was changed?" No, it drew with Liverpool. Doesn't matter who he is, but yeah, so great that Brandon Mason came in. Uh, but the other the other name that that kind of came in and performed well, I thought, um, was Takore, and I think he's getting incrementally better. Um, with bit early to sort of suggest that he's going to be the player that we hoped he was because he's still not you know he's still not a massive a game changer I wouldn't have said I think against Stoke he looked a lot he looked a lot better than he did against Tottenham but I don't think that that took much um and he kind of ran the show to a degree against uh against Burton frustrating from Kapu again this was one where you thought that he's going to have loads of space and loads of opportunity to, to, to have a big impact on it and he didn't really it was it was Decore who looked like the the most perhaps important important Watford player if you like so I'd expect to see him come in against middles but definitely I think Holobas probably will still come in as left back I think he's he's done well I know he's got his detractors and he, I know he has struggled from time to time but I think against Middlesbrough that's one where he should perform well especially after he scored in the uh, in the away leg if you like so he'll have fond memories of playing against uh, Karanka's men so I expect to see him come back but I definitely expect to see Decore come in and, and if he can carry on just improving he's you know he's big he's he's long-legged he's you know, kind of think Yaya Torre a little bit. Okay. Um, I know we're a long, long, long way from uh, from him being Yaya Torre, but he's showing glimpses. And again, it was against Burton Albion. So we've got a, no offence to Burton, obviously, but you have to take into consideration we're going to be playing against the best, some of the best players in in the world, basically, in the, in the coming weeks. So we've got a difficult challenge ahead, but I think he's one who could be turning the corner. I think he will have impressed Matsari, having been out uh, basically cold-shouldered for, for most of the season. He's come in, done a job, and I think 
he's young enough and he's got enough to prove that, that it's quite exciting, I think. What do you like about the fact that Decore's making a, a name for himself, Geordie? Well, it's an option in midfield. And I think our problem this season, we've had a lot of problems. I think um, the heart of it is the heart of the, the team. The midfield has been not, not doing its job uh, as well as it could be. And I think that's down to um, the resources available. I don't think we can blame it. Sorry for that. I mean, Watson hasn't played, but hit the role that Watson would play. He's really been covered by Barami, who's been doing doing probably out of the midfield the best. I think you discussed it in the last podcast, but I think, you know, I agree, Guadura and Capu haven't been up to scratch. One probably um, isn't up to scratch and one probably isn't the right player or isn't the player we need him to be. And I think Dekure is the player, to, to, you know, to Mike's point, is he going to be the, the Yaya Toure, uh, the kind of Patrick Vieira? Is he going to be the one that imposes himself? It, it might just be a... a, a uh, a visual thing that he kind of looked tall, rangy guy in the middle of the middle of the park. You know, hopefully more Patrick Vieira than Carl Palmer. <laughs> but uh, but is is that is that's that's what we're lacking? You know, we've got we've got Barami, but we hadn't we didn't we there was nobody to to create chances. Um, and and maybe having someone to do the legwork and the kind of the water carrier, if you like, will free up players to do that because you know Dini and Igalo. If uh, if we'd sold them in the summer and brought two players in who had given us this season, we'd be saying, "Well, why did we sell them? We had two strikers who can get twenty goals a year or fifteen goals, you know, thirty goals between them, whatever." They haven't turned into bad strikers, and they're getting a lot of criticism from some, certainly from people sitting around me about not looking like they're interested. But uh, the strikers very rarely pick the ball up forty yards from the goal and and score. They need they need someone to do that, bring the ball towards the goal for them, and we haven't had anyone doing that. And Pereira was kind of brought in as a hope to do that. He's probably out for the season or the best part of the season. We can't. And if you look at our last four or five away games, we pretty much need to have enough points on the board before then because we've got away games and big teams and whatnot. So Dukure, for me, I hope he gives us something we don't already have, which is a kind of a strong presence in midfield, but also someone who can make the other midfielders think my, my position is up for grabs. Yeah, and I think if, if you had to sort of put some uh, some wariness into the into the. Uh, the uh, uh, changing room uh, starting him uh, against Middlesbrough uh, A will be good for someone sort of saying oh and you know the intentions there but also he just needs games to yeah. really truly show what, what he can do Jerome Sinclair yeah. uh, scored which is was lovely you know you, you, Jordy did say that um, players you know strikers don't pick up the ball from 40 yards away and uh, go and score a goal he sort of did but uh, that that's good um, I don't never thought he wasn't a player I thought was going to be a, a first choice at any point this season. But this, these are the games that he needs. I always thought he was going to have to shine in. Yeah, and just one last thing on Decore. He did get the ball and he did drive forward. He did make those yards up. He did, he's not afraid. He was not never going to pull out of a challenge. I don't think he's going to spray the balls. He hasn't quite got the skill and touch that someone like Kapu has. But he will. He's kind of Barami with a bit more um, forward thrust, if you like. And obviously that's his job. And and we we saw glimpses of that yesterday. You know the Yaya Toure thing. That's that's what we hope he's going to be in yeah. in five or six years' time. Obviously, he's one of the most incredible players in the world over the past de- decade, really. So we're miles away from that. But um, the great thing about yesterday was these guys looked thirsty. They looked hungry for for a good performance. You saw um, Jerome Sinclair. His how happy he was when he scored. Quite rightly so. It was a really really good goal, and and that's something we haven't seen enough of. He picked the ball up pretty, pretty much on the halfway line. Drove on. Beat a couple of men, stuck it in the back of the net. Easy, isn't it? When he, you know, and we just haven't seen enough of that. We haven't seen enough of that confidence, that drive, that um, desire. And again, it was against a, a defence who was 
you know probably wasn't really up to up to, up to too much but it was great to see him hungry he was delighted when he scored it's good to see Decore um really really sort of striving to impress and Igalo looked hungry again i mean I don't think it's any any coincidence that he had a, a championship defence in front of him and all of a sudden he looked lively again. But it was the Agarlo we know was back yesterday. He sniffed blood and he kind of came to life. You, you could almost see the sort of blood coming back in, in, into his body and, you know, the oldest scoop was coming back out and he was he was energised and he, he didn't score, but it looked like the Agarlo of old. Part of me want, just does wonder championship defence he sensed the, the opportunity to get Matt back amongst the headlines but there's been talk about him going to China so three or four goals over the coming weeks could could help him cement that deal um, but the other part of me thought well you know was is he seeing it as an opportunity to to, to relight his, his Watford career as well um, so that would it was just good you know it wasn't the most inspirational afternoon ever but there were there were plenty of of positives and I thought the, the Watford players on the show used it as you'd hope they would have used it they didn't view it as a banana skin. They used it as an opportunity, and I think the majority of them took it. And um, yeah, I was quietly impressed. Uh, good that uh, uh, Camiselli got another goal, but I felt quite unfor- um, about sad for him in some ways because Mason got all the all the credit for it. It was a brilliant little touch from Dini through to him. He crossed it. Yes, Agallo missed it, and all he had to do was slot in at the back. But everyone sort of ran over to Mason. And everyone was sort of celebrating, brilliant, we've done so well. And Cavaselli sort of went over. And if you watch the replay on the on the Watford website, he's sort of going, hi guys, hi guys, can I can I celebrate with you? Just on the side. And I felt a bit sorry for him. That is the prevailing mood though. I think we cannot underestimate how important that this homegrown thing obviously is to football supporters and the and the warmth towards towards Mason is is absolutely is palpable and and when Felivi came on and when um, when Carl Stewart came on you know there's a big cheer he's only going to have 30 seconds but there's that connection and that that was that's been the biggest spark that's been the biggest sort of um heartfelt if you like emotional sort of guttural response from a Watford crowd that I've heard for for a real long time and it just felt like the, that connection and I don't think we can underestimate the importance of seeing those, those guys out there and it might have been a masterstroke from from Walter to to get those guys on there just to sort of um a bit of balm if you like to soothe that sort of slightly fractious relationship that was uh that was uh, starting to appear wasn't it it was starting to get a little bit you know mm. Um, so whether he's done that for that purpose or not, it doesn't really matter because I think it's very, very timely that these guys have, have made an appearance and uh, none of them let, let us down. Um, and it's great to see Troy talking to, to Brandon Mason throughout after he, after, I think after the, he got that assist, he sort of made sure he got a good old hearty high five and he was talking to him throughout. And um, you just got a bit of a warm, fuzzy feeling. And I think supporting a football club is about kind of those moments. Um, about seeing something that you genuinely care about. Obviously, we care about Watford winning winning games. That's the most important thing, and, and winning them well, and you know, proving critics wrong. Yada yada yada. Cup runs, but seeing actually feeling like emotional about something, something with a with a tangible attachment to. He's a young lad who's come through. We've done that. We've made that player what he is, uh, and that's something that collectively the club deserves a pat on the back for. So, yeah, I think it was it was a nice moment, um, and I understand. I think Christian Cabasele would understand. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well done, Christian. Well done. A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike's surname is Parkin and he's a son called Arlo. Uh, And this is our weekly feature, Michael Parkinson. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome once again to the podcast, Arlo Parkin. How are you? 
Good. Now, Arlo, it's FA Cup weekend. Watford beat Burton Albion 2-0. What did you think of the game? I was there and I had fun. You had fun. Right, this is the most important question. Who would you like Watford to play in the next round? Uh, Liverpool. Liverpool, OK. And just one other question I'll be interested to hear. Do you think it's more important for Watford to play well in the Premier League or in the FA Cup? In the FA Cup. OK, you want a good cup run. Thanks very much for joining us. Ultimate Zari, still the Watford manager, and that's not, Geordie, what every Watford fan was saying last week. So it was what Mike, well, Mike, we, to be fair, on last week's podcast, we never said at any point, from our point of view, is Walter should be out. It was Walter definitely has things to do in the next few weeks. Where were you after that Spurs game? And where, so where were, you, where were you sitting at the moment with, uh, with Walter? We look at our kind of setup and we kind of go, well, the head coach ain't that important because either we can, you know, get rid of him whenever we want and, you know, we've got all the structure there. So it'd be great if you could just get rid of a head coach and everything be fixed. But I think the problems at Watford this season are beyond uh, just uh, Walter or Valter, whatever we want to pronounce it. Well, I'm not that he's going to be listening because he, <laughs> he won't understand. Um, so it's a difficult one. I don't, I don't, you need to know who you're going to bring in. And there's got to be an obvious replacement. I can't think of any. And I don't. I think there are problems on the pitch that are down to the head coach, such as the things we touched on earlier. The midfield not really pulling its weight. Now is that down to them not being good enough? The fact that we've even before this awful run that kind of started with the six-one Tonkin at Liverpool, letting in crosses far too often, and that's continued throughout the season. They're not creating chances. That's the stuff that I I put at his door. I think as a manager, you have to work with what you've got and I know we've had injuries but even when we were picking up points and we were getting up to like ninth and eighth and stuff we were still making terrible mistakes the disappointing thing over the last few weeks is that the likes of uh, Palace and Stoke and Sunderland were teams who were also uh, reasons to be nervous when they played us and we and we didn't take advantage of that and I think that 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 annoys me from his point of view. Now the fact that the players he's got at his disposal, the injuries, all these things, I don't blame him for, and so I don't see any benefit to getting rid of him. Do you agree, Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, there's no there's no sugarcoat in it. The guy's under serious pressure. We've had we've had a really poor run of form. Things are going wrong on and off the pitch. Um, and you know, the guy who's always primarily in the firing line in these situations is the head coach especially at Watford when you take into account what's happened over the last four years ago. So look, there's no, there's no dressing it up. He, he is under pressure. Um, but I think as supporters, I think what we've got to be careful to do is not just because uh, Gino Pozzo uh, and, and the way they do business is to see head coaches as fairly um, dispensable. I don't think as supporters we should fall into that trap and say, well, they, they get rid of him quickly, so let's, let, let's want him out as well. Because that's not really our job as supporters. Our job is to be critical friends, absolutely, and to, to recognise when he's not doing, doing well. And, you know, we were, we were critical after the Tottenham game. We were cross and we, I think we had every right to be, to be cross and disappointed after a lacklustre display. But once you've got that out of your system, what you don't want to be doing is just throwing your toys out the pram, which... To be perfectly honest, I think if you're wanting Matsari out at this stage of the season, that's really that's probably what you're doing, which is fine. You've got you're entitled to you're entitled to do that. But I think we're in danger of slipping into just because they do, the, the the regime do it, us doing it as well. And I don't think we should ever want that. We should never want a high turnover of of head coaches. Ideally, I'd like Matsari to be here for for 20 years. I'd I'd like another a Wenger or a Fergie or someone like that. Someone's going to build an empire. So the the first. Um, 
target should be to keep our coach as long as possible. Obviously, not to the detriment of the football club, but that should be what we want. So I think we've got to be we've got to balance between current success, as in this week and next week and the last two weeks, with the 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 future and the the, the, the wider picture. So yeah, he's under pressure, but I think I'd be very 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 surprised if he went. Um, but he's got a job to do and he will understand that. The players will understand that. Um, they want to stay in the Premier League. Walter Mazzari, I presume, is a proud man. He had a relative success in Italy and then struggled in his uh, at Milan and he'll want to prove that he can do it in, in the Premier League. I spoke, um, I didn't speak to him, I was going to say, I spoke to uh, Kike the other day. I, I was sitting watching, it, watching him on TV at home. <laughs> But that's kind of what Kike does, and you feel like you're talking to him. He's so engaging, and I sort of he spoke about why he came to Watford, and um, he was he, I hadn't heard him mention this before, but he spoke to Mourinho, who said the Premier League is the place you want to come and manage. It's an amazing league. It's where it's happening, and and that sort of whetted his appetite. And so the view amongst coaches is the Premier League is the place that you that you want to do it. So he will be absolutely desperate to to get it right at Watford. Um, as Geordie alluded to, as everybody knows, there's been some key injuries, but he has to deal with it. That's his job. Our job now is really we've got we've done the FA Cup, we're through to the next round, we're in a new year. Let's support this football club. Let's let's be critical when it's appropriate. Let's be you know we can all have pub conversations about we don't like the style of play. We think this player should come in. We think that one's overrated, whatever. But the ultimate thing that we have to do is hunker down and you know shoulder to shoulder get get our football club point in the right direction again and we we owe it to them you keep saying we yeah as fans we can't do anything nonsense no we can do but as as a percentage of what needs to be changed i think we can do about 10 percent. we can be noisy yeah but i don't care that's united yes but that's still not but the thing is what the thing is what you're talking about there everyone like put the emphasis on on to Walter, that's my biggest problem. It isn't a hundred percent him. We aren't going to change a hundred percent. Let's let's say it's a third each. A third's us, a third's Walter, and a third's the players. And I still can't get past that. Actually, a lot of the things that's happened recently is a little bit third, as Jordy said, the fact that there's injuries and we haven't got all the players there. But there's definitely players out there who aren't putting their hearts and souls into this. And I think my biggest problem with seeing it in small amounts now is I saw it for half a season last year. And I don't want to see that again. Yeah, and I think there is the worry is that we've mentioned it earlier, the way that the, the regime see head coaches, they think there's going, to be a, there's going to be a high turnover. And if players accept that, then it makes it very, very easy for them to misbehave. When I say misbehave, I mean not perform. So if you decide that I don't like working for this for this head coach, and there's been a couple of pieces in in various newspapers about oh, he's working us too hard, um, you know where's that coming from? Is that coming from a player in the camp? Is that a, a misinterpretation of a quote from somewhere else? Who knows? But if the players as a unit think that the head coach is probably going to go, then what's to stop them sort of toning it down twenty percent in a game just to, just to hasten that? So there is a concern there that if if we get into this sort of disposable um, atmosphere, if you like, when we think, well, just a new guy will come in and, and I'll enjoy working for him better, or the supporters think, well, a new manager will come in and I'll enjoy his style of football better, then you're always waiting for the next thing. You're always waiting for the next better thing. And while you're waiting for that and focusing on that, everything's going to hell in a handcart. Um, 
So you're right, there is definitely something wrong on the pitch. I think there are, people haven't been pulling their weight. There are players with oodles of talent who aren't performing well enough. They need to get their heads out of their arses. Matsari probably needs to get his head out of his arse um, and, uh, and, and start connecting with some of these players and working out where the disconnect is. Why are these players who are at a certain level not delivering on the pitch? I'm looking at you, Mr. Capu. Um, I'm really looking at Mr. Capu. I'm looking at Jose Holobas. Jose Holobas, why can't you know? Get, let's get your discipline sorted, um, and uh, countless others. Um, so, but they that's, that's they need to work that out, and that's that's part of their professional day to day job. You know, we've all got busy days in the office tomorrow. We will go in and we will do our best to get through it in a in a sensible way that's going to give the best possible outcome. They need to do that as well. Um, and you're right, there there is a response, but the ult- there's no way this is the supporters' fault. That's not what I'm yeah. saying in the slightest. And of course, the the effect we have is negligible in the grand scheme of things. Um, but we are, that's what we are, we're supporters. And I think there, had, there has been a sort of slow slide towards apathy is the wrong word. Um, frustration, I think, is, is absolutely fine. But it's how that frustration and concern, which is what everyone has been over the sort of past month, I'd say, it's, it's concern. Everyone wants the same thing, but it's how that manifests itself. In, so when you're 90 minutes in the ground... You know, make it noisy. Make them know that we're supporting them. We're, 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 and I don't think that has been the case. What I really enjoyed about Watford being in the Premier League for the, up until probably a month ago is that every match felt like a an event. Every Premier League match day, as they like to package it, felt like a Premier League match day, and everyone was walking to the ground excited to be part of it. And I think that's eroded slightly. And I think as as supporters, we need to be careful of of, of letting that happen because once it goes, it's hard to get back. Because you're looking at, oh, well, I'll, I'll be more excited when, when he's back from injury or I'll be excited when the, the head coach plays a different way or when we do four four two instead of three five two. When actually, ultimately, Watford are playing, get behind them, enjoy it, and then let's save the sort of recriminations for, for the pub afterwards. I think, I think Mike raised a few important points there. To the point on Matt Sari, we're a, a club in progress. This is a transitional period for Watford. We're not, we're not looking to break into the Champions League spots. We're looking to establish ourselves. And if we go down by a point, then we might say, well, have we brought someone else in? They might have got that extra point and it would have been worth it. If, if the Potsos don't feel that that's worth doing, to get rid of him would really be a vote of no confidence in themselves because the Billy McKinley one, we as fans understand, okay, Oscar Garcia had a heart problem. It was like, a, oh, panic stations, mistranslation in job titles, you know, uh, nice little payoff, bring in Slav. Um, but we knew probably the worst kept secret was Kike was going. Um, I'm sure internally they knew that he was going long before. And Walter was living in Manchester, learning the language. Obviously, they speak a different language up there. So, <laughs> so he hasn't quite mastered it. There's obviously a plan for Walter to come in. And it's not Walter gets us in the Champions League in 2017. It's Walter, you need to kind of continue us on this journey. We want a bit of stability and we buy into the way you do things and you buy into the way we do things and it's all going to be happy families. A lot of the players, obviously not the last couple of games, but a lot of the players are 28 plus. So, you know, they're at a stage in their career where they're not going to be part of Watford's long-term future. And you do wonder, is there an element of stagnation? Is there an element of not having the legs, having had long careers at the top flight? What's causing this kind of jaded thing, not looking at various players? Um, but I think, you know, if, if, if they get rid of Matt Sari now, it's really, a, they need to look at themselves, both from the player recruitment point of view, why have they brought in players who have that mentality? given we have this amazing scouting network and why are we bringing in a manager that we've had almost more time to blood him before he came in and get him ready than we're actually given him to do his job. So I think getting rid of him would be a, would, would actually be more, less knee-jerk and actually would be a, a, almost a big question mark on the whole way that the club is run. 
I've got one last thing on Volta, and you you mentioned it there, Geordie, is the language thing. And I think we sort of we're, we're sort of lapsing into this culture where we sort of just trot out excuses as a as an excuse for the players or an excuse for for Volta or an excuse for the club as a whole. Injuries is one, and if you actually actually look at the starting 11s we've put out, they haven't been far off. It hasn't been like we've been you know absolutely decimated and we're having to put out you know unknowns. Um, so there's that, and I think the language one's a really interesting one, and I think. The name that keeps coming up in my head when I think of this and people complaining about it, and I, I totally agree, I'd rather, I, I feel less connected to Matt Sire than I have done in any Watford head coach in history, and it is because you never hear him speak speak English. So I, I totally understand it, but I also understand and have huge sympathy for him in terms of what he says in a press conference will go round the world. It will be beamed into a billion homes. It will be read by a billion eyes in, you know, hundreds of thousands of newspapers. And Mauricio Pochettino did exactly the same thing. He steadfastly refused when he was at Southampton to talk in English, and even though the, the common belief was that he could. And he did it for the exact same reason. And now look at him. He's doing, he's doing, he's doing good work at Tottenham. His English is good. Um, and he, and you know he's all right. There's, that's that's not an, it's, it's a non-issue, um, and I think we have to be careful of just because Watford aren't playing great football, just because not everyone's happy. We say, well, he can't speak the lingo. He's, I understand it. I think it's too basic. I think we need to be more. Um, I don't know, just a little bit more savvy than that. Just to think that that is a that is an issue. It is, I think he he needs to be speaking English as soon as possible. We don't. We're not on the training ground. Mm. We're not in the dressing room. So, how does he communicate with the players? We don't know. We speculate, and he forces us to speculate that the that the the language is a barrier. It doesn't necessarily mean it is, um, and it doesn't have to be a problem. So, Pochettino turned it around. There's no reason that Matsari can't. The issue he's got is there's a whole load, a whole lot of other issues that are sort of mounting up and, and making it difficult for him the guy's under pressure he'd be well advised to try and spout a bit of English Rich coming from me because I can't really uh, speak English very well myself but uh, there you go I think Mike's, Mike's right to say we're looking for excuses of the language thing because if you look at the bottom three you've got um, a Scotsman in charge of Sunderland you had an American in charge of Swansea and you had an Englishman in charge of Hull so you know it's saying that the language is a problem particularly when the only English player native Englishman we've got is probably Troy beyond the young players I think, I think it's just looking for excuses From the Rookery End. If you're subscribed to From the Rookery End, we always thank you uh, the fact that you get the episodes every week uh, fastest and still for free. Uh, but we, uh, we had to change where we, we put the files and this might have meant that some of you downloaded um, about 50 episodes <laughs> of past episodes. If you did... Sorry, but if you did, also listen to one of the old ones, will you? And then give us some feedback if you think there's something we don't do anymore or we, we should do more that we did in the past. Um, and again, sorry, it shouldn't happen again. The good, um, the good thing is we went to number one in the iTunes chart, which is <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, sorry about that. I've got a thank you while we're on sorries. Big thank you to uh, Dave Carpenter, who got in touch with us via um, Facebook. He had some spare tickets for the Burton game, which he pinged down to me. Uh, so thank you very much, Dave. That's very, very thoughtful, very, very kind. Sorry you couldn't make it. We won in your absence, so never come to the Vicarage Road again. Um, and also, I said I'd mention your, your football your football club, uh, Dave. Team Carpy, uh, they're playing in the West Devon Sunday League, and they're having a badder season as Watford. They play in yellow as well. So come on, he warns, and come on Team Carpy. For heaven's sake, get your, get your act together. Um, also, uh, if you're going to the Middlesbrough game, 
which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, do uh, try and find one of the guys along Vicarage Road uh, selling golden pages. Uh, there is another from the Requin column in there. Um, every every edition this uh, season so far, uh, this one is about the ultimate broken Watford player. Uh, all the injuries, we've got all the best injuries that ever happened to Watford. We put them together. Um, what, what what are they and, uh, and what would that person be like? Um, you can pick them up uh, outside Vicarage Road, normally just outside the red line at one end and the other end uh, at the hospital. So please uh, grab one of those. Uh, and again, tell us what you think. We always, we always like to know what you think of what we do. Um, fromtheweekend.com uh, is the website. So podcast at fromtheweekend.com, uh, facebook.com forward slash whatforpodcast uh, and Twitter. We are at Watford Podcast. And of course, Instagram as well, Watford Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Get on board with the uh, with the pickies. Uh, what's next? Middlesbrough. What's the next few games we've got? We've got Middlesbrough at home, Bournemouth away, uh, and then Arsenal away. Um, I want to make a bold statement. I've got a bold statement here. Cool. Beat Middlesbrough, and I think that's season sorted. I think if we beat... Oh, hang on, beat Middlesbrough, we need another five more wins to be sorted. But yeah, but I think if we beat Middlesbrough, that's in terms of the actual mechanics of the season, the actual nuts and bolts, the, the black and white nature of it, I think we'll, we'll have cracked it. Um, so it's a massive game. I think lose it, and I think we've got, some, we've got some difficult times ahead. It's great. It feels like Middlesbrough feels a bit like a cup tie. Um, it almost feels a little bit like the last time we played them in the in the championship. That was a, and I remember yeah. the crowd really rose to the occasion that day. It was one of the noisiest I'd heard heard Vickery Road for a long time. Um, Middlesbrough are going to come. They don't score a lot of goals. They brought Rudy Gestead, so they'll obviously be 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 um, attacking us from the from the set pieces and from corners and crosses where we we've just we've got to sort that. It's another thing that the guys have to sort out. Um, Stoke was so frustrating, um, conceding to, from set pieces. But yeah, so fascinating games. Middlesbrough coming up. It's not a must win, but I think win it and we're we're in a really really decent position. Bournemouth, anything could happen. You know, and will yeah, <laughs> sendings off penalties. We all know what's going to happen. Um, they're not they're not in a great run of form. Um, had a poor result in the in the cup. I know they had a, a different side, but a win's a win, a defeat's a defeat. It, it has a, has the same sort of impact. So tough place to go. We kind of we we owe them a we owe them a, a beating. Um, it'd be great to it'd be great to be. And then we're away at Arsenal, where I don't think anything could happen there. I'm not sure anyone's holding their breath for a win there. So the next, the, uh, Middlesbrough and Bournemouth, fascinating games, important games. I expect us to beat Middlesbrough. I think we've had a tough time of it. Uh, I think the, the Burton game came at a good time. It's given us as supporters, certainly me, uh, not, the, not the Royal we, so me, it's given me a chance to, to clear my head a little bit and sort of get over what's been a, 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 a tough the tough little period and take stock of we're still we're 14th in the Premier League. It doesn't sound as good as 10th when we <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're not in the relegation scrap yet. We're being talked about perhaps being sucked into it. One win and we're we're, we're looking upwards again, I think. So... I think you know Ben. I think we've got enough about this squad. Just seeing them, I think the Burton game refreshed me, and just seeing them, there looked to be hunger, there looked to be effort, there looked to be desire, and I think that coupled with the, some of the talent that hopefully will come back um, for for the Middlesbrough game, we should have too much for them. And I, I think I think we'll beat them, and I think we'll we'll be in a good place when we uh, when we next speak. Because we went uh, before the Arsenal game, we will have the fourth round of the FA Cup. Just thinking, uh, and the draw is tomorrow, Geordie. Do you want anything interesting, or do you want the lowest possible positioned 
club in the in the tier in the football league tier to to be coming out second after our home draw. How did Palace get on? <laughs> what, what, what I don't want is another game at Wembley against Palace. So if that, if that means we go out in the next round, I'd rather that. If not that, then I'd like us to go as far as we possibly can. Um, not to the point that distracts the, the players, but uh, I think uh, you know. To Mike's point, uh, winning is a habit, uh, and we and yesterday could have really been a problem for us had we lost it, not got a result against Middlesbrough, and then you know Bournemouth, as you said, are not not favourites to win. Arsenal certainly not favourites to win. Would have been dragged out our poor form for far too long. So Burton was a nice little pause for us. So if if that's the the role of the next cup match is to kind of give us another chance to to regroup and get a, an important win and, and blood some players. I'm sure uh, Brandon Mason's been teaching the rest of the squad how to cross the ball to a yellow shirt. <laughs> uh, 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 so over the last few days. So hopefully hopefully uh, the draw will be favourable to us. Yeah. Listen to me as well, by the way. If you don't think that the FA Cup is important and if you don't think that the FA Cup is something that Watford should be taking seriously, shame on you. <laughs> A plague on you and your family. This is this is still a great tournament. This is still a great cup competition. And as Geordie said, winning is a habit. It was important that we played the best team available to us to get that good feeling back. And I think we we did it. It wasn't a barnstorming display, but we won. There's a W next to our result in the newspaper. And I don't think you can overstate the importance of that. And there was a lot of people incredulous that uh, Matsari would be playing Troy, playing Kapu, playing some of the the key players when we've got a, you know a tough run of games coming up. Nonsense. It's another game. It's another first-team game that Watford are playing in. Uh, an incredible cup competition that's given us. We should know as, uh, more than anyone as football as Watford supporters how you know what memories it can give you. Um, and recently, it's been some worse than worse than good. But we had Arsenal. You, you shouldn't need me to explain how important it is. It's a Watford game. We want them to win. It's the FA Cup. That's a tournament we could win. Um, so yeah, if you, shame on you if you're if you're a bit sniffy about the FA Cup. Uh, if you disagree, come and have a word with me. <laughs> kind of word, word, whatever you like uh, with Michael. He's uh, he's always around. By the way, that wasn't a threatening. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't that, that, have a word as in like roll your sleeves up. It's like obviously have a conversation. I'm uh, I'm a peace loving fella. Um, Jordy, uh, we haven't talked about the transfer window. Nothing sort of really kicking off with that. I know you're pretty excited about the Berg House coming back, possibly. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting if Burkas came back would that be a, an admission of failure that we that, you know we're having to kind of bring these players back who we'd kind of discounted for the season uh, either we didn't get the squad right to start of the season but we then haven't then used the intervening time to prepare players to come in obviously we haven't because we're kind of seven days into January and it wasn't like you know a late Christmas present or an early kind of three kings present maybe a player from Spain was coming over and we were going to get him in on the sixth it hasn't happened yet so. Well, no, but the, I remember, I was trying to think that when, when we started business last year, Amrabat made his debut in the fourth round. And that night, as we were coming back from that uh, that Forest game, that's when uh, Suarez was announced. So we didn't do massively quick business last year. I don't think they're a Premier League type. We, we're going to do it really quickly. But you say that bad, bad thing. I, I, my, my worry is that what happened is several players were shifted out thinking that we were going to get players in to fill those roles. And I always felt like we needed another winger. You know, even at the whole season, we you know, Amabat was playing there and doing well, but he it wasn't his favourite position and it wasn't the best position for him. And he's done such a good job doing it that actually maybe Burkhouse should have stayed and maybe we do need someone like him. If it's not him, then maybe they expected more from, from Bryce or from, from someone else who, who hasn't been fit enough. 
I think it's definitely you can look through our squad and at the start of the season it was kind of you know I think Dekure was almost going to leave and then kind of stay at the last minute and finding the was it 17 non um Brexit uh, <laughs> voters uh, to, to who could be in the squad and it was quite hard to work out who could be I think now if we're being cynical or if we're being kind of kind of critical we could probably pick four players that we could kind of get rid of uh, and they are Kapu am I wrong am I wrong am I wrong uh, well I wouldn't I, w- I think I think it'd be an expensive uh, uh, kind of thing to do and, and I'm not sure uh, again I don't think Kapu's deliberately playing I think he's I think we, we have, not deliberate. It really feels like it no, sometimes. No, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I think. I think you can say if you look at a football games and you, know, you know we used to kind of ones we grew up with. You had like goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and strikers, and they were all interchangeable. If you're a midfielder, you could replace with another midfielder, and it just affect your midfield scores. Real life's a bit more complex than that. And Kapu isn't a, an alternative to Barami no. or an alternative to to Burkhouse or to Amrabat. And what I think what we lack is in in its truest sense a team in the sense that all the pieces fit together to, to be more than the sum of the parts. Or and, and I don't think um I don't I think Kapu, because of the expectation upon him and the role that he should play, which is the link between the strikers and he started the season very well, but he seems to have drifted off since then. I don't know if that's because it, the re- very often a problem where a problem manifests isn't actually where the problem is, I guess. I think yeah, but the thing is last year I think he was one of the players who stopped playing for, for Kike. I know that actually there was a big chunk of last year where he wasn't being played in his his best position. I don't know. He scored six goals was it at the beginning of the year, and I don't know. He just disappeared a bit. I maybe I'm being silly. Maybe look, I'm being ultimately he's he's among one of the number of players who should be doing better for Watford. It's pretty basic. It's pretty simple. It's well, it's not simple as Jordy says. They don't do it on purpose. Somehow they need to work it out. They need to work it out amongst them, whether it's as a team, whether it's with the with the management and the coaches. I don't care. They need to be performing better. They need to find whatever that golden fix is and they need to apply it pretty quickly. And it will happen next Saturday at Vicarage Road when Watford play Middlesbrough. Storming victory against Aitor Karenka's men in red. I can't wait. It's going to be 3-0. Glorious. It's going to be a nice day. Oh, can't wait. Bring it on. Come on, you all.